On this week's episode of AEW Dynamite Fight for the Fall, and we got a very significant tease that CM Punk is confirmed for All Elite Wrestling. We talk about that and review the show next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, during the show this week, we got a major live event announcement from one Tony Khan. And in the announcement, it said that they are going to have a show, uh, taping of Rampage. On the 20th of August, where it's going to happen at the United Center in Chicago. So, is this the debut date for CM Punk, knowing that the show is going to be called The First Dance? It certainly would suggest, based on that and based on some comments from Darby Allen, that it looks like there there's probably going to be a debut of CM Punk in the very near future. When that is going to be, I guess we will kind of have to wait and see when that happens, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think this is a foregone conclusion. Usually when uh, these rumors start to swirl, this has happened numerous times in the past, CM Punk has come out and, and really strongly denied all of those rumors, uh, whether it be on Twitter, through various different other social media platforms, uh, in person, you know, giving different types of interviews. He was very vocal about how he was never made an actual offer from the Young Bucks in the past. That hasn't really happened yet. And mm-hmm. if anything, he's been kind of playing into this. So He's either doing it for attention or he's actually all elite. And I think he's going to go to AEW, and I think that he's going to debut for them pretty soon. Yeah, I think, well, you have that show. You also have All Out happening in a couple weeks afterwards. Right. So it makes sense to have him debut in Chicago. They try to make these big debuts in hometowns if they could. I know they tried to plan Brody Lee's debut in Rochester, which obviously due to COVID happening last year, that didn't happen. It ended up being at Daly's place, but this could definitely happen at, at Chicago at the United center, which to me, this is interesting that they did rampage at the United center. Cause if I'm not mistaken, rampage is only going to be a one hour show from 10 PM to 11 PM on Friday. Correct. Do I have that understand? That's the understanding I have of it. Right, so why debut him on that show and have the the show at the United Center for that instead of All Out and have All Out at the United Center, which would probably get you more tickets sold for that show? Well, actually, I, I think it's smart on their behalf to debut him before All Out. And the reason I'm going to say that is because they're in a situation where, one, if you announce it beforehand, yeah, he'll get a pop, but is it? there's really nothing like the pop that you get from the surprise, like somebody who you're not expecting to debut, somebody who you're not expecting to come out, especially somebody of that caliber. Is it a surprise though? Is it a surprise though that everyone is basically saying, Oh, this rampage show is just a debut CM Punk. Hey, I mean, at least you're building up the anticipation and when it, if, and when it actually happens without actually announcing him, that's kind of what I was getting at. They can come out and say, look, if, if he's truly under contract and Tony Khan knows that right now, he's got him on his dime. He can come out today or tomorrow and say, yeah, he's going to debut there and people will tune in. Now, what I think is going to happen here is they're trying to create that moment, that atmosphere where the crowd will go nuts. If you announce it beforehand and Moxley even talked about this. Remember when Moxley came back from injury and uh, Seth Rollins dropped that line? He said, you know, I got a lunatic in my corner. Yeah, the crowd popped for that but they didn't necessarily pop when his music hit. And that's one of those things. Like as a fan, you just love to see that instant like reaction from the crowd when their music hits or when they walk out or when you see their, 
you know, something on, on like the, the main screen there that just kind of indicates that that person is here. If they announce that beforehand, you kind of lose that. So I think that having it here before the pay-per-view, that will help increase pay-per-view buys, especially because it will help get the word out that CM Punk is back rather than right. just kind of, because I think the other thing they kind of have working against them here now too, if you remember, there was the tease that a really big uh, name was coming the, the last time that they had this and it ended mm-hmm. up being Christian. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people bought that pay-per-view based on thinking it was going to be Brock Lesnar or, or CM Punk or somebody of that caliber. Now, Christian's great. We've talked about that, but at the same time, he's not at that level. He's right. not recognized like that. Right. So I think people bought the pay-per-view and it's kind of like those people are going to be like, all right, well, you're not going to trick me again, but they debut punk a couple of weeks before that, a month before that, however long it is before that. And you build towards it and you get the word out that punk is there and that he's going to wrestle at that pay-per-view. That's going to help them with the pay-per-view buys for sure. Right now that, that makes a lot of sense. I get what you're saying there. And maybe that is the reason why the opening match of AEW dynamite this week ended the way it did it was the five-man elimination match, or excuse me, 10-man elimination match, where Kenny Omega pins Hangman Page to deny him his bid for the AEW World Championship match. So we're not getting Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega all out, at least right now as the stories progress. Do you think they did this to give room for CM Punk to challenge Omega at all out? If it is going to be Punk... Or even, I mean, I don't know. At this point, it could be Daniel Bryan for all we know. I, I don't know. But I really feel like based on the response that Hangman Page, that, that he's been getting from the fans, even last night, I mean, even to the point with, you know, how over cowboy shit has gotten, mm-hmm. he's the guy that I really feel needs to beat, uh, needs to beat Kenny Omega. He's their most over guy. Yes, a name like a CM Punk. Uh, is much more marketable than Hangman Page. Yes, a name like Daniel Bryan is more marketable than Hangman Page right now. Right. But right. do you piss off some of your AEW loyalists? I mean, because that's always been the notion. You don't. That the thing. The thing has always been, you know, with WWE. Oh well, they're getting former, uh, older guys going over the championship of going over for the championship and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of get that kind of that kind of. Um, relationship there with CM Punk or Daniel Bryan for that matter, if they were to come back and challenge Kenny Omega. Right. It, it basically would be if CM Punk challenged Omega for the title, that is the exact, oh, well, I shouldn't say exact, but close to the exact storyline of, of edge. Same gone, circumstances. Right. You know, edge was gone for nine years. Punk has been gone for seven years and then now going for the title, trying to call himself the best in the world, whatever. So will people be like, Oh, it's CM Punk. And that was Edge, and those that are against Edge say, no, it's different because it's AEW. I don't think that will be the case. I hope that's not the case. Like, if you're going to criticize WWE for Edge, criticize CM Punk in AEW because I think Hangman Hangman Page deserves it. And the storyline was there. Maybe they just egg it on a little longer and maybe give Kenny Omega that full year to be the AEW world champion and then... Hangman takes the title off of them. Yeah, they Maybe. just got to, they just got, I think so. They just got to be a little careful because I mean, there's only so many times you can get somebody over to that point where eventually the fans and the fanfare and all of that stuff will eventually fade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's crazy over with their fans right now. Right. He's their most over guy. And I think they should strike while the iron's hot. You can have the match Kenny Omega versus punk without the title on the line. You can have a Daniel Bryan versus, uh, 
uh, Kenny Omega without the title being on the line. True. Um, but I think Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, there's that history there. There's a good story that they're building towards. I think somehow Hangman's got to be the guy to get that championship opportunity, and he should be the guy to take the title off of him. Right. I, I agree with you 100%. Now, some other kind of big news in the wrestling world from last night's Dynamite is that Hiroshi Tanahashi appeared on Dynamite and he's going to be facing Lance Archer for the IWGP US title at New Japan Pro Wrestling Show Resurgence on August 14th. Now, I don't understand why AEW didn't mention the show. They just said, oh, he's traveling to New Japan, but that's when the show is going to be. And for those that don't know who Hiroshi Tanahashi is, if you don't follow New Japan Pro Wrestling, he is basically the John Cena of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, th- people usually make that comparison of how popular he is for New Japan and how important he was for New Japan as how Cena is to WWE. He's That's, also the guy that dethroned Kenny Omega on the way out the door from New Japan, if I'm not correct. Yes, not, that is correct. No, he no. is the guy that beat Kenny Omega for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in Kenny Omega's last match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So this is a pretty big deal. And, you know, this whole forbidden door thing, it's wide open, whether you're an impact. I mean, we just saw Jay White on impact. We have Hiroshi Tanahashi showing up on dynamite. You got Archer going to new Japan Moxley calling out Tanahashi saying, you know, why the hell all of a sudden now you're going to go after the title that I dropped last week. I I think this is, this is very good for wrestling. And I think this is a good move for both AEW and new Japan pro wrestling. Well, I certainly agree because for one, I mean, this isn't like we're getting, you know, and, and no offense to um, Hideo Itami or Kenta or whatever you want to call him. I mean, yeah. he's not in that. I mean, maybe in New Japan, he's at that level, but mm-hmm. just in terms of like, I guess, to the more, you know, nonchalant New Japan pro wrestling fan in the United States, I think Tanahashi is probably more uh, recognizable than, than yes. Kenta. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah. So now, now we're starting to get closer to that upper echelon to where maybe, you know, maybe we're not that far off from getting, uh, Okada and Omega again, or Okada and whoever for, for AEW. But, uh, this, they're continuously kind of working their way up to the top tier of the roster in new Japan pro wrestling, which, which is great. Right. I agree. And now, you know, you have the G one coming up. Do we see AEW talent or impact talent going into the G one this year? Maybe Moxley re-enters. Maybe Archer re-enters. They both had good runs in their last G1. Maybe Daniel Bryan. I mean, that was part of the reason why he wanted to leave WWE was to work in New Japan. And that was the rumor of the WWE-New Japan partnership was to involve Daniel Bryan. So maybe we do see the American Dragon go to the Far East and enter the G1. And a lot of good matches can happen there. And you know, as things might open up uh, from, from Japan coming to the U.S., you know, that might mean that we do get Okada versus Omega, maybe in Madison Square Garden eventually. But who knows? As time will tell. But, you know, you bring up Tanahashi dethroning Kenny Omega. We talked about Omega, you know, now beating Hangman Page. He no longer is the number one contender. So who's that going to be? And we had a six-man tag match last night. It was Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus against uh, the uh, Hardy family office, or whatever it's called, uh, private party and, and Helico. And one thing stuck out to me, and that was the commentary, really, really showing that Christian Cage is undefeated and could potentially be the next opponent for Omega for that title. 
Did you notice that? And do you think this is really the route they're going? If not CM Punk? I didn't notice it because probably because if he was going to be positioned for a championship uh, title match, I would think that he'd be doing more singles competition, that he'd be challenging some of the top top tier guys, the higher ranked guys in AEW. And I know, I know he's got an impressive record, but at the same time, I mean, he's not competing against like the Moxleys of AEW. He's not going against, and I know he's partners with him now, but, but the jungle boys, the Darby Allens, mm-hmm. the Miro's like, he's not mm-hmm. t- facing the cream of the crop. So none of but that at least, would lead me at to least, believe at least compared to other contenders that have gone for the title, like orange Cassidy, he does have wins on dynamite against fairly significant guys. He did beat Frankie Kazarian on dynamite. He did beat Matt Hardy on dynamite. So it's not like a complete, where did all these wins come from? The wins are actually what you've seen on dynamite. It's it's not so much the, the quantity of the wins, but more the quality of the wins. That's, that's exactly. kind of the point I'm making. He, he, right. He's got a lot of wins and he's supposedly outworking everybody, outpacing everybody. But is he doing it against the guys that I would imagine he'd have to go through to get to that championship title match? I would say no. I mean, again, like, you know, if you're going to say, all right, let's say, for example, they're, they're planning something down the road for Omega and uh, Punk or Daniel Bryan, and they need somebody for, for, for Omega to go over on. Okay, mm-hmm. it could be Christian, mm-hmm. but they're in a tough spot. You know, they, they got Hangman who's really primed and ready for that. He should be the guy. Um, I agree. Not Christian, in my opinion. Right. And uh, maybe they're protecting Hangman. Like the way he he lost last night, he wasn't really like, I mean, he w- had to go against three guys and yeah. eliminated one of them before eventually getting eliminated by Omega. And with all the complete garbage of the uh, outside interference and having like all 10 guys in the ring and Rick Knox just standing there, that was really annoying. But that, I, I feel like they planted the seed for Cajun Omega last night. I think that's really where they're going with this. He's got a match with blade next week. He'll probably, he'll win that match, give him another win. So he'll be, I think now eight and oh, since joining all elite wrestling. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to try to, at, at least they're doing it on dynamite and not dark, but giving him enough wins where it makes sense. I didn't check the rankings to see who was number two, but I know Christian cage was number three and Hangman's number one. Jungle Boy is two, and and Christian is three, and I think I think honestly I think they're actually trying to build up Christian Cage for a heel turn, and I think he's going to feud with Jungle Boy eventually. But Darby is is four, and for whatever reason, Orange Cassidy is still five. <laughs> for whatever reason, um, well, well, what do you want me to well I mean, well, I mean, they kind of planted that seed with Darby and Orange Cassidy. If you want to count that play kicking stuff with Sting. They kind of been telling this like possibly heel turn on Jungle Boy with Christian Cage. That makes a lot of sense. So where does Hangman lay into this? So either they find a way to work him into the storyline, he gets the match eventually, or Christian Cage and Jungle Boy have a match where they have a number one contenders match. Whatever the case may be, something's going to happen. But it, it, it keeps you thinking, and that's what AEW needs to do. And anybody, whether it's WWE or AEW. That's what they need to do. Keep you guys thinking. That's a good television show to me. Always keep you guessing. But we have the main event, Ralph. And that was Chris Jericho versus the Deathmatch King, Nick F. Engage. I feel like this is very polarizing to some people. 
Some people loved it. Some people thought this was just stupid. What are your thoughts? All right. So regardless of whatever my thoughts personally on this match were, the the main thing is, did I watch it? Yeah, I watched it. Um, Much like, you know, and, and you know this, Michael, we live in a small town. If there is a, if there is an accident, if there's a police presence at a house, what happens in most of the neighborhood? What do the neighbors do? They look out the window or now they go on the uh, Facebook community post and go, did you guys see the car on this street? On this yeah. street? What happened? You got the lady up the street with the curlers in her hair. All of a sudden the guy <laughs> decides it's raining out, but he has to magically go outside to water the flowers. Yeah, that's the type of shit that happens. You got yeah. people that are, 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 are going to come outside and they're going to look because whenever there's a catastrophe of some sort, you're really not supposed to look. But at the same time, you know, you are going to look. That's why there's rubbernecking on the highway. This was exactly what I expected it to be. This is not my cup of tea. It is not what I I prefer in professional wrestling. If anything, I feel like AEW took a step backwards last night, especially having like something like that in the main event spot. You've had three consecutive weeks now, I think, where you've had solid 1 million plus viewership. Mm -hmm. Including this week. Including this week. Including this week. Including this week. And I'm sure at that moment, you're going to see it. Maybe a big spike for that match specifically. Um, but again, it got as much praise as it got for whatever small six subset of fan that's into that deathmatch stuff. You got a bigger majority of wrestling fan in purists who that is going to drive away. And I know there's going to be people that are going to comment on this and say, it was amazing. It was great. It was this and that. Yes. Okay. Maybe to, for you it was. But as somebody who has to put on their business, their business hat, like a Tony Khan, did this do anything for AEW? And I would, I would venture to say no. No. Like, no, I don't think it did. I don't want to see people make this comparison anymore. Nick Gage to Mick Foley. No, they're not comparable. Mick Foley, it, aside from the deathmatch stuff, was great, a great worker. Maybe Nick Gage can get to that point. I don't know. Honestly, this not was the first Not from what I match. saw last night. From what I, I saw think it last was good. night. I mean, I thought it was exactly what I expected it to be. I didn't think it was a very good wrestling match by any means. By any means. I mean, look, a good... Hardcore matches like Edge and McFoley. Okay, that that's mm-hmm. good to me. And if you're a Chris Jericho, the first, first he always brags about this, the first undisputed champion uh, ever. Like at that point in your career, I get it, I respect it, but why? Why are you doing this stuff? You don't need to. You're beyond right. it, right? That, right. And know. like that, like the whole death match thing. I, I'm with you on that. I'm not a fan of death match wrestling because a lot of times they do these things just to do them because it creates a, a, a reaction from the crowd, which yes, I understand that's what you're supposed to do, but you do these things like, Oh, they're, they're drawing blood. Are, are they drawing blood to help the story or are they just drawing blood to draw blood? You know? And that's what I feel like a Nick Gage match does. He just does these light tube spots and he does these pizza cutter things. And he's got thrown through a, a glass sheet through a, um, a couple pairs of chairs just to do it. It's a shock factor. That's it's a what shock you're factor. On. You're, rely- you're relying on the shock factor of the match to be your draw. Right. And that's fine. People will watch, but at the same time, you got to understand that's going to drive away a certain percentage of your fan base, I would imagine. Right. right. And I think maybe the rate, the overall viewership might've been higher if it wasn't for that. I mean, I don't, I don't know the quarterly ratings and all that stuff. And, you know, I, since I've kind of, weaned off of social media. I don't even really pay attention to what people are saying about the ratings. Cause it's 
ridiculous anyway, but you know, one, one million viewers, you did watch it, which is good for AEW. The, the last three weeks they've hit that 1 million mark and that's good. But does this turn away some people? Now the 18 to 49 demographic from what I saw did go up, but the overall viewership went down. So that's probably the, the purest, as you said, might've tuned out for that. You know, I mean, look, if, if, if this type of wrestling was going to be, and I get it, this is a different generation and maybe they're a little more tolerant of this. I would venture to say no, especially if, if, if what we saw during the attitude era, uh, isn't going to fly today, then I don't think no. there's, there's a place in wrestling for this, at least no. at the mainstream level. But, um, if, if this type of wrestling, if it, if there was a demand for it, if there was a huge market for it, I mean, let's face it, ECW would have came out on top during the, during the Monday night wars. And for what it's worth. And not that it was on Mondays, but you know what I mean? It, 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 right. it, it was, it, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't successful and mm-hmm. they did this stuff. And I would venture to say that some of them did it much better than what we saw last night too. Right. Now, what was your overall thoughts to fight for the fall on last night? I think there was a lot involved, but I feel like a lot of it, you know, just kind of made the time pass by. I didn't think this was a very, Good episode of Dynamite compared to other weeks. The opening match I thought was was decent. Yeah. Chaotic. Rick Knox is a terrible referee, which kind of me being a, an umpire and a stickler for rules turned me off a little bit. But the end of the match with Hangman was great. The FTR Santana and Ortiz match, whatever happened at the end with Wheeler getting cut, I think made the match end short. And then a lot of the matches were just kind of. Eh, yeah. nothing really nothing really stuck out to me as like wow that was a great match no i, I and i think so i'll kind of start at the the end and work backwards the the main event we already know my feelings on that i feel like despite that being uh the match for what it was i still like the story they're telling with jericho and mjf i like that and it's going to keep me tuned in so whether you liked that match or you didn't like that match I'm sure you're at least invested in the story of building those two to get to that point where hopefully Jericho gets his hands on MJF. Mm-hmm. So that's at least intriguing. Um, I think that the the tease with Darby Allen certainly has people talking, so I liked that. Um, I think that uh, the tag match with FTR, Santana Ortiz, I, I thought it was really, really freaking good until the unfortunate incident there with Cash yeah. uh, cutting his arm. Uh, that sucked. How did he do it? That's the thing. I think like, he, I, and I've said this before. I think AEW uses the square pointy styled ring post. And we've seen people get cut open more frequently because it, it comes to a point. And I think they still use those. And I think what happened was he got knocked off the top rope or the middle rope and he went to go catch himself and he hit his arm on the, on the edge. And I think he sliced his arm open. Yeah. I think that's what happened. And right. uh, apparently from what he said, and uh, Dax actually had a really funny tweet. He said, you know, if you're, a, uh, I almost saw my, my partner bleed out. Stop reaching, all you dirt sheet writers, stop reaching out to me. Um, you know, something like that. Um, but I think that's what happened to him. Yeah. So that, that, that match was, I thought that match was really good until the end. Right. And, and like the whole thing, like it's not, it looked like Paul Turner was ringing, calling for the bell, but that wasn't what was happening. He was calling for, it, it's just, it was just really weird. Yeah. So I wasn't. Then, f- the, the opening match. Um, the last couple minutes were good. Some good drama there. I, I thought the video package was freaking awesome. Yes. Uh, that was yes. one of the best video. Pa- I, 
I was, and I'm not somebody who's really into the Dark Order. I literally, uh, I, te- I take notes in my phone as I'm watching it for the show. I texted myself, I said, you know, remember when nobody cared about the Dark Order? And, and just to kind of see where they, they are now. I Not a huge fan of theirs, but at least they're over with their fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the video package was awesome. Yep. Um, the Elite coming out as the Globetrotters, they're freaking embarrassing. Toon and Squad, not Globetrotters. Toon- yeah, okay, whatever. It, it's a freaking joke. It's embarrassing. Like, it's cross promotion. Okay, hold I on, don't, hold on. I don't. Hold on, hold on, Ralph. Now, we have to understand something. In professional wrestling, I know people do not want to admit this, but professional wrestling is sports entertainment. It is. I'm sorry. It's sports entertainment. It is a television show. First and foremost, it is a television show. On second, second to add to that, I mean, what they did was cross promotion. They're trying to promote Space Jam, which is a Warner-owned movie, which is on HBO Max, owned by Warner, on a television network owned by Warner. That's all it was. Plus, you have Kenny Omega doing these North Carolina introductions, which I think by now, if you don't realize this is a Michael Jordan reference, this gave you that, like, okay, this is a Michael Jordan reference now. Can we figure out do we understand why this North Carolina thing's going is it stupid yeah but for the first time in a long time I actually saw something with the young bucks on television I wasn't like I fucking hate the young bucks I actually was like huh this is kind of funny I didn't think it was funny I don't I I I like comedy in wrestling I don't like bad comedy in wrestling I think that for a feud as important as this feud is as important this match is supposed to be for Hangman Page and for the feud between the Elite and him, I don't think they should have came out dressed like it was a freaking joke match. Because as soon as I saw it, it took me right out. That video, I was it got me pumped. I was into the match. I was ready to go. I was ready to watch it. And here they come, making fools of themselves, just like, you know, Gals and Anderson do this almost on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. With the dangly airing and all that, it's just... I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like the, the, the world champion that's supposed to be representing the company should always be treating everything like such a freaking joke. So, Understandable. Whatever. Understandable. I'm sure a lot of people in the comments are going to berate you over. Nah, it's, don't get, don't get all upset about it. <laughs> I'm not so, upset about it. I dude. Yeah, there's other people in the company that can dress up like, like the tune squad or is that who they were dressed up as the, the tune squad? squad? Yes. Okay. Cause um, it was a space jam reference. I, I trust me. I understand. I said Globetrotters because the couple of shots that I saw them make, uh, they did that that spike pile driver tombstone thing. He missed the shot there. I'm pretty sure Kenny Omega threw a couple of air balls. <laughs> yeah, just whatever. Uh, Kenny should stick to hockey if he's going to do any other sport besides wrestling. But yeah. So, what'd you guys think of Fight for the Fallen? What do you think of CM Punk? Maybe coming to AEW on that episode of Rampage. Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to share us all over social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SCPV Podcast. We'll talk to you all in the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.